Hello and welcome. You're listening to Strange Talk, the one and only podcast dedicated to bringing you the strange, paranormal, and everything in between. So buckle up, because we're going for a ride. Hello and thank you. You're on Strange Talk. Today I got a really interesting show lined up for you guys. I'm doing quite a bit of uh, research here. But before we go ahead and get into our main topic, I want to go ahead and share with you guys some strange news that I've been hearing about. I got a little, five little news stories I'd like to share with you that I don't think you're going to be hearing on CNN or Fox anytime soon. Number one, mysterious radiation spike detected over Scandinavia. Radioactive levels have spiked in the atmosphere over northern Europe, and that could indicate damage at a nuclear power plant in western Russia, according to a Dutch health agency that has analyzed the data. The radioactive spike suggests damage to a nuclear fuel element, the Associate Press reported. However, the Russian nuclear power operator has denied problems related to facilities in Kola and Leningrad, the two nuclear plants operating in the region, according to TASS, a Russian news agency, as reported by the AP. And here we do have a tweet, actually, that he sent out, uh, of course, saying they, they have no idea what's going on they don't have any damaged plants and see that's the problem we have with uh, nuclear power and all these plants I mean yes it's good while it's going you know and it's a good energy source great energy source but when something goes bad even you know even if it's by natural disaster or you know, accidental, man-made disaster, you know, that's very difficult to get in there and clean that up. So now it's going to be interesting to sort of keep an eye on the situation and and see what they end up doing about it and really seeing how bad it is because I don't think they know that much just yet. Well, that's no good. We still got to think about Fukushima. How long was that? And we're still dealing with that, I'm sure. No good, guys. No good. Well, let's see what else we have here for you guys. There's some really, really, really strange stuff here that I'm really... Alright, get this. Objective reality doesn't exist. Quantum experiment shows. This will give you something to think about, I'm sure. 
reads, alternative facts are spreading like a virus across society. Now it seems they have even infected science, at least the quantum realm. This may seem counterintuitive. The scientific method is after all founded on reliable notions of observation, measurement, and repeatability. A fact as established by a measurement should be objective such that all observers can agree with it. But in a paper recently published in Science Advances, we show that in a micro world of atoms and particles that is governed by the strange rules of quantum mechanics, two different observers are entitled to their own facts. In other words, according to our best theory of the building blocks of nature itself, facts can actually be subjective. Observers are powerful players in the quantum world. According to the theory, particles can be in several places or states at once. This is called a superposition. But oddly, this is the only case when they aren't observed. The second you observe a quantum system, it picks a specific location or state, breaking the superposition. The fact that nature behaves this way has been proven multiple times in a lab. For example, in the famous double-slit experiment. In 1961, physicist Eugene Wigner produced a provocative thought experiment. He questioned what would happen when applying a quantum mechanics to an observer that it that it themselves being observed imagine that a friend of wagner wigner tosses a quantum coin which is in a superposition of both heads and tails inside a closed laboratory now try to keep up every time the friend tosses the coin they observe a definite outcome we can say that Wigner's friend establishes a fact. The result of the coin toss is definitely head or tail. Now, Wigner doesn't have access to this fact from the outside. According to quantum mechanics, must describe the, the friend and the coin to be in superposition of all possible outcomes of the experiment. That's because they are entangled, spookily connected, so that, if, so that if you manipulate one, you also manipulate the other. Wigner can now, in principle, verify this superposition using a so-called interferent experiment, a type of quantum measurement that allows you to unravel the superposition of an entire, entire system confirming that two objects are entangled. Now, there's a whole lot more to read on this, guys, but, man, that's just... I'm just giving you sort of an idea. You know, and, and, and this is really spooky stuff. 
um, when you really start to think about it. Maybe the Matrix is not so far off after all. You be the judge. Well, let me see. I don't want to shock you guys with too many of these long stories. Or news articles, as I should say. So why don't we just go ahead and get on to the main topic of tonight. How does that sound? What's that main topic? You might be asking. Well, let me ask you a question. Do you believe in curses? And if so, and if not, then do you believe in coincidences? Because I have a list of things that went on during the filming of The Omen. That by the end of this cast, you might be questioning both yourself. Now I'm sure you've heard of the movie The Omen. Who hasn't? But in case you're not too familiar with the movie, let me first go ahead and give you a couple facts about the movie. Stuff like that so we can all get uh, pretty familiar. How does that sound? Let's see here. It says, The Omen is an American-British supernatural horror film directed by Richard Donner. Written by David Seltzer. The film starts Gregory Peck, Lee Remick, David Wormer, and many fellow stars of their time. Film was, the film was released June 6th of 1976. So six, six of seventy-six. Runtime is one hundred eleven minutes, with a budget of two point eight million. And the movie went on to be a box office success, raking in over sixty million in United in the United States and Canada. But going back to that question I proposed, once again, do you believe in curses? And if not, do you believe in coincidences? Try to remember your answer as I go down oh, this list here that I have gathered for the show. Well, let's see what we can find here, guys. And now I want to go ahead first and also um, suggest you can do your own homework on this. In fact, um, there's a certain documentary uh, where actually the directors and various members of the cast actually share their own stories and um, talk about this themselves.
So why don't we start, guys? The first of many unfortunate events that would plague the casting of the omen would be Gregory Peck's son committing suicide two months before filming started. In June of 1975, Gregory Peck's son, Jonathan, was found to have shot himself in the head. Although there was no note, his death was ruled a suicide, and Peck was obviously devastated at the loss. His agent brought the role of Richard Thorne to his attention, since he wanted Peck to channel his grief into a project. Despite the fact the role was a man who must kill his son. Peck signed on and arrived on set in an understandably upset mood. Powered though he powered through, however, and was rewarded with the omen being one of his most financially successful films. William Holden, on the other hand, had also been offered the part of Richard Thorne, but turned it down. When he saw how successful the film had been, he quickly jumped on board The Omen 2. Well, that's very sad. You can only imagine having to power through a film and, uh, only two months after your, your son committed suicide like that. That's dedication to the craft. Moving on. It says here, a stuntman nearly died after falling off a building on his film and claimed he had been pushed. When stuntman Alf Joint was done filming scenes for The Omen, he went to work on a bridge too far. But the curse may have followed. For one shot, he was to jump off a tall building and land on an airbag. Something he'd successfully done before with no issue. Uh, this time, however, he jumped in an awkward way and landed not on the safe cushy pad, but instead directly on the ground. Seriously injured, he was rushed to the hospital hospital and luckily survived when he regained consciousness he said he felt like he'd been pushed although no proof of this claim was ever found the fact that he jumped suddenly and in an unusual way could mean he was telling the truth now what do you think about that still maybe just an accident right maybe you're right, but I, you know, you gotta think, these men are professionals. I'm sure he's done this many a times before. So, I, I believe something was definitely off. The man was very lucky to be alive. That could have gone very bad very soon. Let's see, we got more for you. I know you might still be saying, well, that's, you know, that's, that just happens. You're right. 
That might just happen. But let's move on. Let's see. An airplane the crew hired for aerial shots was rented to someone else and then crashed, killing several people on board. Let's see. In order to get some aerial shots for the film, the crew hired a local small plane. At the last minute, the aircraft company changed plans and rented the plane to another group of people. According to one story, it was Chinese businessmen who made the pilot a better deal and got the plane instead. Whatever the real story, however, the Omen crew was told they would have to wait until later that day. This turned out to be an extremely lucky turn of events, since the plane they were supposed to be on crashed, allegedly flying into a flock of birds upon takeoff, crashing through a fence, and hitting a car. How many people died in the incident varies by story, but the disaster is nevertheless proof of the possible omen curse. Wow. That doesn't sort of make you think. Then I don't know. That's a close call. Talk about dodging a bullet. That's just, uh, wow, just imagine, imagine they get on the plane, this film would have never happened, that would have been the director dead right then and there, movie would have been scrapped, you know, they say the devil likes to work in secret. And many people say that the devil did not want this film to be made. You know, and after going up this list, and, and maybe after we get to the finish of the list, maybe I'll agree with that statement. And maybe you will have a lot to think about. So far, that's a lot of bad luck for a movie. If we can call it that. Moving on. The next event that would happen would be cast and crew nearly get blown up on two separate occasions, thanks to the IRA. After surviving the lightning-induced terror on the overseas flight, Producer Mace Newfield was involved in a few other curse-related incidents. While staying at a Hilton hotel in London, he and his wife were given an early checkout when the Irish Republican Army blew up the building. Luckily, neither were in the hotel at the time and weren't killed. Several days later, Newfield Several other producers and Gregory Peck were headed to a restaurant when the IRA also bombed the building. Although many people view these scary incidents as part of the omen curse, considering 
The IRA was involved in a large number of London explosions at the time. Maybe the cast and crew escaping twice is actually a miracle. Wow, once again, uh, the director and, and, and many of the main, uh, the main actor Gregory Peck find himself in a situation that could potentially be deadly. I don't know if I'm buying into the whole coincidence thing anymore. And yes, that should maybe that's a miracle that they survived. But then again, you kind of have to wonder what was after them in the first place. Let's see. So, so far we have Gregory Peck's son committing suicide two months before filming. We have a stuntman nearly dying after falling off a building, filming a next movie after he'd worked on The Omen, a stunt that he had done numerous times. We have with the airplane crew that all nearly died on the plane if it wasn't for the last minute changes. And we have cast and the crew nearly blown up on two separate occasions by the IRA. Building literally blown up. If they were there, they would have been gone. Let's continue, shall we? We have a group of trained Rottweilers suddenly attacking a stuntman for real, injuring him and defying their training. One of the Omen's most memorable scenes involves Gregory Peck trying to escape a cemetery while being attacked by a group of extremely vicious dogs. Several carefully trained Rottweilers were utilized for the film and were instructed to attack a stuntman in Peck's place. The stuntman was safely enclosed in a layer of protective padding, and the dogs were set loose, but then something went wrong. For reasons unknown, the dogs began really attacking the stuntman and were so vicious, their teeth went through the stuntman's protective gear. They even ignored their trainer when ordered to stop. Luckily, the stuntman survived. Oh, so we have a, the stuntman really attacked by these Rottweilers during the filming of the scene. Now, one thing that obviously raises red flags for me here is if anybody knows, dogs are really obedient to their owner, or in this case, their trainers. A dog is really always obedient to who it perceives that has its ownership or an authority role. And that's a regular dog. That's the instinct. 
Here we have professional trained Rottweilers who just completely go off and attack without stopping, completely ignoring the trainer's demand to stop. Now, animals, especially trained dogs, don't act that way. What drove those Rottweilers to misbehave that way? Maybe just another coincidence? Well, let me tell you, there's a lot of bad things that went on during this filming, if that's the case. Maybe too many to be coincidence. I'm starting to think. But that's not, you know, maybe dogs just attack, right? Well, let's move on. Lightning struck airplanes containing cast and crew members on three separate occasions. And they say lightning doesn't strike twice. I guess on this occasion it struck three times. Now before I go ahead and read the details here, I want you to think of that. Just just think a little bit. What are the real possibilities of getting of a plane getting struck by lightning? I imagine not too many. Now, what are the possibilities of a plane getting struck twice? Containing cast and crew. Do I dare ask about the third time? Now, nobody that I know of can control weather. At least nobody on a human plane. So let me go ahead and read the details here for you, and then you make up your own conclusion as we go. It reads, In October of 1975, Gregory Peck was on a London-bound airplane on his way to film when the aircraft was struck by lightning. Boy, this Gregory Peck. Something really had it for him, huh? It further reads, The bolt caused one of the engines to catch fire and the plane came very close to crashing into the Atlantic Ocean below. A few weeks later, producer Mace Newfield was on his way to the chute when his airplane was also struck by lightning while crossing the Atlantic. It was the roughest five minutes I've ever had on an airliner, he noted. Toot lightning-related pre-production mishaps are crazy. 
I would say one is crazy enough. But okay. It says two lightning related pre-production mishaps are crazy. But after screenwriter David Seltzer rode an airplane that also got struck by lightning, evidence of a curse seemed to be appearing. And if these three incidents weren't convincing enough, producer Harvey Bernard came extremely close to being struck by lightning while filming in Rome. Any thoughts on that? Because uh, let me tell you something. I do have some thoughts for sure. I would say that's just impossible. That just does not happen. You mean to tell me that coincidentally... Two airplanes were struck by lightning containing an actor and another containing a director for the same movie. And then to top it off, Harvey Bernard came extremely close to being struck by lightning in Rome. I'm truly starting to believe Something did not want this movie to be made. But let's go on. You ready for more? An animal trainer hired to keep the cast and crew safe from angry baboons was killed by a tiger. In one chilling scene from The Omen, Lee Remick, as Damien's mother, is completely terrified by a group of baboons who attack the car in a reaction to her demonic son. According to Richard Donner, her heartfelt screaming was completely real. The crew had placed a baboon inside the car to make the attacking primates more angry and then filmed their violent response. Although Remick's incident could have easily become another curse story, apparently Satan chose to take his wrath out on the baboon's trainer instead. Some stories claim it was a lion, but in the words of producer Harvey Bernhard, he was killed the day after we shot there. He was killed by a tiger. He grabbed him by the head and killed him instantly. You know, it seems animals have a very strong sense. I don't know. 
seems to me the trainer never saw that tiger at all. There's just, just bad stuff and bad stuff happening all around during the filming of this movie. And you know, this kind of makes me want to open up a little series. You know, I'll see if this does good enough. And if it receives enough attention, I might be starting a little series. On cursed movie sets. Because there's quite a few out there that I'm sure many are not aware. So far I would say all these things happening. Maybe one or two. Would have been understandable. But we're just looking at, at just thing after thing happening here. Why don't we go ahead and look up here the last thing on the list that I have here. And I want you to hold on. Because if you've had any doubt so far, somehow, that there is something evil at play. With all these events surrounding the cast. Then just hold on. Because this last one might be too impossible to ignore. I don't think this last one you're, we're going to be able to chop it up and say yeah you know that just happens. That's just a coincidence. It reads. Designer John Richardson was in a car accident that decapitated his passenger. Just like a scene in The Omen. After helping create special effects for The Omen, designer John Richardson began work on a bridge too far. He was on location in Holland. His wife and special effects sculptress Liz Moore and as they were driving along an empty road one night, they hit another car head-on. Richardson was knocked unconscious, but Moore was decapitated when one of the front wheels tore through the floor and hit her. As Richardson came to after the crash, he noted the tragedy was a creepy coincidence to a horribly gruesome decapitation scene he had designed for the omen. He claims he saw a road sign off to one side of the accident that pointed out the town of Amen. That's spelled O-M-M-E-N. And by the name, it read 66.6 .6 kilometers away. 
That if that doesn't show you, I don't know what will. So let me get this right. The man that designed the decapitation scene in that movie, The Omen, and I'm sure if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. It's the scene where I believe a man's backing up a truck and a, and a piece of glass slides off and just completely decapitates him. So the designer of that scene is driving down a road in Holland. He crashes into a car head on. Obviously, accidentally. He's fine. He survives. However, his special effects sculptress, Liz Moore, is decapitated. And when he looks around, he notices a sign saying, Amen. 66.6 .6 kilometers away. Yeah, I don't know about you, but that's all the proof I need. That doesn't just happen. Can you imagine the horror? That's literally right out of a horror movie. And no pun intended. I mean that. And there's a documentary, actually. If you feel free, you can go ahead and look it up on YouTube. Just put in The Omen Curse. And uh, it should pop up. I believe it's about an hour or so long. And, um... The designer, John Richardson actually talks about the accident and many other cast and crew and directors speak about the strangeness they experience during filming I want you to think about some of these and feel free to do your own homework feel free to go ahead and do your own digging. If you have any doubts. Of what I've presented you. Because I'm sure you do. Um, everybody has doubt. At first when you hear things like this. That have happened. Because we say to ourselves. Yeah right. That just cannot happen. And if I left you with that feeling and with those thoughts, then I'd say I did a pretty damn good job, didn't I? Now we're going to continue this. We're going to continue this on another show. I want to thank every single person that has tuned in, everyone listening. Make sure you go ahead 
and stay tuned. Because we'll be back for another show. Thank you again. I'm your host, and I'm checking out.